Hey, this is Barbara Corker, and you are now tuned in to Business Unusual. And everything you ever learned about business, throw it out the window. I'm going to tell you the real deal. Listen in. Today, I'm going to answer all your burning questions about work, life, starting a company, getting on track, and much, much more. Be sure to call in to the Business Unusual hotline with your question at 888-BARBARA. That's 888-B-A-R-B-A-R-A. Lots of people start a business in the first year. You're so excited it's going like gangbusters and you know exactly what you got to do. But come year two, you start to get scared. Well, we're talking to one scaredy cat today and we're going to unscare her. Yeah, is that a word? Unscare her? We're going to help her get on track to make her second year the biggest year ever. Plus, we're going to do some rapid fire questions that you're going to be interested in. So don't miss it. Hey, Barbara, my name is Charlie Rose. About a year ago, I opened up a small mobile yoga company. And I have been going around to surrounding areas, art galleries, schools, local gyms, and doing yoga classes of different styles for different people. I'm about um, to come into the new year, and I'm trying to decide what my schedule should look like. And I feel like I don't have a target market. I feel like when I'm advertising and when I'm coming up with classes, I'm kind of all over the place. And I would really like to streamline what I do and who I do it for and get more focused on my mission and my values and I am a young business owner and I just feel a little lost. I was hoping you could ask the right questions that I could give you the answers to. Thank you so much. And I hope to hear from you soon. I would love your advice. I listened very carefully to your question. Before asking questions about a plan, let me ask you a few questions about your business. I was a little confused. Do you do your classes online or offline or now both? So I do both. I do whatever works. I have a couple of classes that I do that are virtual And then I have, um, I really like partnering and working with small businesses and doing yoga in different places. So I also really enjoy the aspect of having in-house classes. And is it that you like uh, doing it in, uh, in person? Is that what's turning you on or with the organizations or groups? What is it that attracts you to that? Um, I like partnering and doing fun things. So like, you know, one of my favorite classes that we do is um, art yoga. And so we partner with a local art gallery and we actually incorporate um, some of the art into as like a focal point into the poses. Um, We also do a lot of um, like we'll do beer yoga and we'll do it at a brewery. Um, And so I really like I enjoy doing both um, because the the Zoom allows for like the possibility of donations or the possibility of just giving a free class, like, you know, just for love. Um, And then the in-house classes brings people who might not normally go into those businesses um, coming into the business or people who might not normally come to yoga, but they frequent those businesses gets them to come to yoga. When you give the partnering classes with the art gallery, the beer place, do you charge for the classes or is it promotional in hopes that you get customers? Um, So I normally charge for the classes. Um, There have been some classes where I've used it as a fundraiser for I'll just pick a nonprofit. Um, But for the the most part, my hope is to pay for my time with the class. Mm -hmm. And who is usually paying you, the individual customer or the person who owns the beer hall or the art gallery? So with um, 
the those classes the participant will pay so it'll either be like um the art gallery classes are donation based and then the beer yoga the class is fifteen dollars and you pay that you come you get the yoga class and you get a free beer with your class but it's all wrapped up in one i would think if i had a beer with my yoga in the morning i'd do a hell of a better job i'd strike me <laughs> all the time <laughs> if we if we do it in the morning it's mimosa yoga um so that way you're it's not so heavy on your stomach in the morning and you get a little vitamin C with it too. Oh my gosh, you're so creative. May I ask you, which is your most productive classes? Where do you make the actual most money? I mean, the beer yoga classes, I if I have um, a lot of attendees, I'm, I make a good amount of money on that. But I've been finding, and like I said on my voicemail, this is my first year in business that it's really hit or miss. And like, um, you know, November and December, um, the numbers are really small. Um, and then like, you know, early spring and in the summer I do really well. Um, but the beer yoga classes, I partner with a brewery that's, um, uh, a town over and they have a large outdoor space that's upstairs and they offer like brunch and stuff. So it's easy to get people there. It's a beautiful spot. And then they can hang out and eat lunch afterwards. Have you taken that concept to other businesses and hope they be, that they become your partner and do it other places, or this is a one one particular place that you do it for? So I've talked to any and everywhere. I'm actually also partnering with the city too, to do it at some local parks, doing a class at the library, um, doing it at the senior center. I'm trying to get in wherever I can, um, but I am kind of limited. I, I live in a small town and our, I think our people, we have about maybe 7,000 people in the town. Um, and so if I, I can travel around to like areas around that are a little larger and do some classes. Um, but I also want to limit my travel too, because that's my time and that's my money as well traveling. Um, so I have a couple of spots that are out of town that are really good. Um, but I don't want to necessarily broaden that too much right now. Because you don't want to spend all the time in the car driving, right? Right. And how, how much of a distance do you travel? A half hour, an hour? So the, um, the brewery that I work with um, for the beer yoga that has the outdoor spot, they are 45 minutes away. Mm -hmm. So I'll travel 45 minutes there. I get there 30 minutes early, set up the classes an hour. I'll hang out with the participants for a couple of minutes afterwards. And then I travel 45 minutes back. And so that kind of limits me doing another class that day, unless I do it like late afternoon. Well, you could do another class in that area if you had another client, right? Yeah, I could. Or is that the prime, prime time of the day? And once it's done, it's not possible to do another class. I haven't thought about it because that class is Saturday morning. So if I wanted to, I could do a Saturday evening class. Mm -hmm. Or maybe even in the afternoon. But do you get yeah. clients from that class that then stay with you and come to your virtual classes or hire you individually? Very few. I don't have a lot of turnover. Um, so even in my classes in, um, my hometown of Lake city there, I have like maybe two or three people who come to almost all of my classes that they can, but it's a lot of people who are trying yoga or they come to a class when they can. Um, I don't have what I would call like a following. Well, you're building a following. You've only been in right. a year. Am I right about that? Charlie? That's correct. Yes. A year in the lifespan of a business is like a blink of the eye. <laughs> I mean, well, I know I have so much to learn. You have so much to learn, but that's your great gift. You feel hungry to learn it. And not only that, but you seem very, very eager to share it. 
you know? Yeah, I, I am. I, I love it. I want to share what I love with, with people. I love connecting and working with other people. I think it takes a good three years, at least in any new business where you really get traction and feel like, you know, your sweet spot and know what is a total waste of time. You get hints right away, but to right. really, really figure it all out, it's never figured out in a year, but you know what a lot of people don't do, which you are tremendous at doing, you're willing to try everything. It's like your experimental stage, your research and development stage, and you're doing you're doing the right thing. The only thing I could add to it might be because location is a key factor. If you're going to be in a car for 45 minutes instead of teaching a class, that's not so productive. I would take my best places, which are generating the most business for me right now. It's beer. And what, what's the second, would you say on your list? Um, so I guess my two big money makers would be the beer yoga class. And um, I do a local class at the gym and I have people at the gym as well. Um, and so I've actually looked into, because right now he pays me a flat fee and I, because I have a lot of people coming in who aren't members of the gym and they're paying an entry fee. I've even considered and talked to him about like renting the room and then people paying per head. And so those are the, the two biggest attendance class. And so the gym one, I don't make as much money because of how we're being paid. Um, but the beer yoga class that is during the summer when it's full, that's a big one. You have a competitor who competes with you for the people at the exercise place. So I'm I'm kind of blessed that like I'm in I'm the only teaching yoga teacher in my area or in my town. Let me rephrase. Now, if you travel um, 30, 45 minutes in other directions, there are multiple studios and multiple teachers. But for my town, I'm the only yoga teacher there. Well, for starters, I think that's your top priority to go talk to that guy and work a different deal. Okay. Obviously, he needs you. You need him. He needs you. You're bringing people in, but you're not making enough money. Just really tell it to him straight, but make sure you have your own plan as to the kind of money you'd like to be paid. Okay. And base it on how much business you could generate there. Right. Up to this point, I need this. But once we get this, I'd like this or I could take less or whatever. Whatever you figure out from your perspective, what would be ideal for you? But go in and pitch it. You'd be a very hard person, Charlie, to say no to. You have that wide eyed uh, wonderment of uh, Bambi. (laughs) (laughs) And you're so genuine and enthusiastic and calm. You'd be hard to resist. So you can make that deal what you want it to be. But what is stopping you from having your own studio? I'm just curious. Like you couldn't find a space to be independent of that guy and independent of everybody that's centrally located. It's basically a lovely, open, clean room, isn't it? Yes. Um, and that's what I would want is a room and a bathroom in the corner. Um, and my, I'm afraid. I'm afraid that I won't be able to get people in. I'm afraid I won't be able to make uh, rent. I'm afraid. I won't be able, like, I don't even know what the liability insurance would look like for an actual brick and mortar. Um, you know, I have a full-time job. I also volunteer and I, you know, I, I like to be able to do laundry and like make dinner. So I'm worried that, that opening a brick and mortar studio, I don't know if I would be able to do it. Well, That's my biggest thing. Not ready for now. You ha- you failed to mention that you had a full-time job. Little detail. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. So crisscross is my baby. This is my, uh, this is my, my small business. Mm -hmm. And what do you do for a full-time job? Is it really full-time? 
Um, so it's about 35 hours a week. And I'm a safety and compliance officer for a trucking fleet. I actually work for two trucking, different trucking fleets. Mm-hmm. I'm actually at work right now. <laughs> ah, I'm going to tell you, boss. But that's not your love. You love yoga much more. You love your classes much more than what you're doing. Then you have an obligation to yourself to give yourself a deadline to get the heck out of there. I'm scared. So, <laughs> scared. It's the best thing in the world to be scared because you know what? When you're scared, you run like crazy to make it happen. But let's say I'm not going to tell you what deadline. Let's say you set a deadline in nine months, you're going to leave your full time job. And somehow, come hell or high water, I'm going to do yoga instead. What's great about putting that on paper and trying to mean it, which is just trying in the first place, but the more it's on there, the more real it becomes, is that you come up with other things. It's, it's a deadline. A deadline is like a gun against your head. You're going to run like crazy to get away from the gun, you know? So I think you have the stamina, the attitude, the personality, the skill set, and the desire. It's so important to do what you're doing. And so why waste any more time on something if you could possibly afford to let it go? So why don't you just set yourself a deadline? You could always move the line, but a deadline that you would actually believe it can happen because you will work against that deadline and make sure you talk to that guy and get more money. You could talk to the guy and as you're talking to him, thinking to yourself, you know what? I'm going to find my own place. Probably nine months later, when I really build up this population, I'm going to move out with my people. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. But when you know you're going to drop the job, number one, your full-time job, that's a big decision. That's number one. You're going to make all the other business move in that direction because you know what the God is that you're serving. Is your God really to make money in yoga or to do good with yoga? I'm not sure listening to you. I I want to have a, a life and also do what I love. And so I don't expect to make a crazy amount of money teaching yoga full-time. Um, but I do think that it's possible for me to make a living, um, doing that in the future. You will clearly make a living doing that. It's, it's so much what you're supposed to be. Obviously, I'm sure it's obvious to anyone. You talk to. Um, no, you need to give yourself a deadline. You need to get out of the security of your job, but not recklessly. Uh, but you just have to replace it with your yoga and that's really your plan. What could I do to get out of that place in nine months or whatever job deadline you set up for yourself? What do I have to do? If it's getting new partners like the, uh, the beer company, okay, that's an inconveniently 45 minutes away, uh, you'll be driving around looking at all the other restaurants that you might be able to do a program for within five minutes of that 45 minute ride. Okay. If it's uh, getting more online, you'll be looking for somebody who could really beef up your online or help you make it really cool or something because you know, you got nine months to do it. You know, you're going to run out of time. You're going to run out of time. And I think you let that be your guide. Okay. What else could you do about what you have that's working already? Do more and more and more of it so that you get out of there in nine months. Yeah, I think I haven't thought of that um, because I just didn't really think that it was possible. It seems really, really scary. And it it might not be right for you. Maybe you really want to keep it as a hobby and there's nothing wrong with that. But if you want to make it a business, the only way to do it is to give yourself a deadline. I think that's a good idea. I wrote it down and I put a star by it. That doesn't mean you're going to do it, but I hope you do. (laughs) Put another star. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'm putting another star. I'm only kidding you, Charlie. Thank you. It was so nice talking with you. (laughs) Thank you so much. Bye-bye.
Bye bye. Hi, Barbara. I have a question for you regarding um, getting a MBA and the benefits, if there are any. Just a bit of context. I started working at um, a, a dream job, honestly, uh, as a channel manager uh, back about six months ago, and I found myself learning a tremendous amount about the industry that I'm in, about business in general, um, and I've been able to consistently be in rooms with C-level executives of Fortune 25 companies, um, which is incredible. But I've found myself biting my tongue, um, obviously, because I, I want to be able to have meaningful strategic conversations and, and know more. I don't have a business degree. My degree is in political science, and so everything I know about business I've learned in these three post-grad years just in the corporate world, um, but I want to be more dangerous. I just, I've heard mixed reviews on MBA programs. My undergrad GPA was not impressive, so if I were to go into an MBA program, the likelihood is that I would not be getting, you know, an NYU or a Booth uh, degree. It would be more of a, you know, middle-level program. So I just wanted to see if you had any insight on the value of that You've already gotten your MBA. You're in the room with top executives all the time. You're not going to learn anything more than that getting an MBA, so keep your money in your pocket. But what you can practice, and which you should practice, because I'm listening to your question, you're not a clear enough communicator. Listen to yourself. It's painful. Record yourself and answers to questions. Just do it multiple times a day, and you'll get really good at clarity. You need to eliminate all the ums and ahs and uncertainty in your speech so that people in the boardroom look at you as an executive as well. Hey, some of my best questions, honest to God, come into my Business Unusual Facebook group. I'm going to answer those questions today. We're going to try it rapid fire style, 30 seconds or less. And by the way, if you're interested in business, don't miss my Business Unusual Facebook group. We have the coolest conversations going on there. I'm learning more from people than they're learning from me. Okay, we're ready for rapid fire right now. Quick questions, quick answers. And for a little help today, I'm bringing my chipmunks. You know why? They talk fast, so they're going to help me stay on track. Isabel asks, how do you push yourself to pass on short-term pleasures like days off or vacations to focus on long-term success? I don't think you should be doing that. The reason I'm as successful as I am is because I always put fun first. If you're working like crazy all the time, let me tell you, you don't have a creative idea. You're not an effective leader. You don't have good long-term vision. When you get away from your desk and have a little fun, wonderful things happen. You start to see your own talents, the talents of other people, and you come up with a whole list of new things you might try out. So please, it's important to work hard and be super focused, but if you really want to be successful, you want to make time for fun. Grace is asking, in today's crazy market, is real estate still a good investment? You could pick any spot in the United States and ask if people have made money in the last year, and without even looking, you could say roughly 20% in value on any house they bought. So why wouldn't you want to be a part of that? The real worry is people think it's gone up so fast they're never going to see it rise again. You're mistaken. 
There's such a demand for housing and not enough houses to go around. And you know why? Because everybody who owns a house isn't putting the house on the market because they don't want to pay higher interest rates on the next house. So don't worry, get in the game. You always need something to trade up on in real estate. You got to get in the game. And that's all we have time for today. If you have a question, leave me a voicemail on the Business Unusual hotline, 888-BARBARA. That's 888-B-A-R-B-A-R-A. You can also tweet it to me at Barbara Corcoran, and I may just answer it on a future episode. You've been listening to Business Unusual with me, Barbara Corcoran. Come back next week to hear more steps and missteps I took on the path to success. Search and follow Business Unusual on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts.